The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Dr. Carol's Couch with your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. All comments, views, and opinions are solely those of Dr. Lieberman, her guests, and callers. Now it's time to have a seat on Dr. Carol's Couch. Here's your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome to today's edition of Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Well, I've called today's show Running from Madness. And um, first of all, I thought you might like a nice break from the madness that is the elections and the madness that is terrorism and the madness that is um, our economic woes and the madness that um, I'm sure you've experienced, been experiencing um, because everybody that I talk to seems to be experiencing it. And that is that people are getting increasingly mad. Not like, well, yeah, madness too, crazy. But, I mean, mad mean mad. Um, and more out for themselves. And you know me as the, as the terrorist therapist. <laughs> um, I relate everything to 9-11 and to what's going on in the world um, in terms of terrorism. Uh, and I see this as one of, the, as one of the impacts. But anyhow, before I get into all of that, um, my guest today <laughs> was supposed to be, is supposed to be, Susie Famer, ha- Favor Hamilton. She's a three-time Olympian. However, um, she, she, she doesn't seem to be uh, uh, where she is supposed to be in terms of um, where we can reach her for the show. So this is going to be a bit, talk about running from madness. This is a little bit of madness myself, that um, running from not having a guest. Uh, appear at the right time. Hopefully she will call in before this show is over or very soon, let's say. Um, but let's talk a little bit. <laughs> this was a plan to, to get away from uh, talking about the madness that is the elections. Um, you know, one of the things that's been happening with the elections is that, I mean, be- besides the fact that it seems like it's been going on forever and we're all having election fatigue, um, I mean, really, do you remember a time when there weren't <laughs> elections happening? Um, I mean, you know, when, when the current presidential campaign wasn't going on, it seems like forever that it's been in our lives. Um, and it's having the impact of really making our country so divisive. I mean, people have such strong, strong feelings about one candidate or the other and I think more than I can remember in previous elections, I mean, sure, there are two different parties, at least, <laughs> or two different parties when it comes down to it for the final election, but, I mean, it with any real chance. Um, but this just seems to be, I mean, yes, you know, certainly when Obama was running, at least the first go-around, um, there was, you know, there was contention all around, but, but really, this is, because these are two candidates that um, that have the highest dislike and distrust ratings um, than ever, and um, and you know it's so interesting to I've been reading the the um, news this morning, and uh, it's so interesting how there are two different interpretations of what happened. At least two different interpretations. Actually, everybody has their own interpretation, but there are two main interpretations of what happened last night. Um, the media, m- most of the media, which is um, liberal slanting, is saying that Hillary won. And other media, I mean, you know, um, more uh, conservative media, but also um, um, polls that they conducted, or that pe- not just the conservative media, but polls that have been conducted in general, point to Trump being the winner. 
Now, I think that can be explained by um, the fact that Hillary, I mean, she's, she's been a debater since college, and, um, and certainly in her public life. Um, she's been, you know, she's had to do debates. She's sort of a professional debater. Um, so, you know, she did present herself much better than I had anticipated last night. She seemed, uh, considering that she was, how she looked on 9-11, she managed to get herself together, of course, by taking a lot of days off the campaign trail. But nonetheless, um, she looked great. And the red uh, suit brought out, you know, that who her, her um, uh, the people who were taking care of her hair and her makeup and her clothes and all that were top-notch. And they really did do what they could to make her look um, alive, vibrant, okay? But, <laughs> but uh, let's see whether this lasts for all three debates, okay? Because I don't think it will. But in any case, she came off as the most experienced in terms of being a debater and the most polished as being a debater. But when you, when you analyze what it was that she was saying, um, in fact, she, w- she really wasn't saying anything. Uh, I watched the debate last night <laughs> in a, um, at a, uh, a meeting at, a, at an event that was um, put on by Republicans <laughs> In, um, in Los Angeles. And so it was kind of fun because um, people were yelling and booing and all that kind of stuff. Kind of the, and it was actually, it was so interesting to see how apparently the audience uh, at Hofstra had been told not to react and not to express themselves, at least, <clears throat> to react loudly. But uh, they didn't always obey that. <laughs> their, their thoughts, their feelings burst through regardless. Um, and, but I started to say, so, you know, so of course, in the company that I was in, although there were, <laughs> there were some holdouts, but of course, in the company that I was in, um, you know, everybody was cheering for Trump. And as I, if you've listened to the show before, you've heard previous shows where I have had guests on who have written books about Hillary and about Trump and about the election and so on. And um, I, to, it's no secret that I am a Trump fan. Um, but, but really, trying, I tried to be objective and tried to um, listen for, for, the, for the content. And um, Hillary was, was, you know, first of all, the only thing that was kind of weird about Hillary, <laughs> not the only thing, but I mean, one thing, that, the thing that struck me the most about Hillary was that um, she, she smiled at very inappropriate times. And that was probably out of nervousness. People do tend to smile or laugh um, when they're feeling nervous. Um, but still, it was a little disconcerting. It was a little, there was a little something, a little flash. <laughs> At times, there were little flashes of brain freezes. Did you tell me? that you didn't notice that there were times when, well, for example, there were, like at the very beginning, it was very noticeable, when she spoke really, really slowly as if she were trying to remember her lines or remember what it was that she was supposed to be saying or to, and to give her brain a chance to catch up with the question. Um, that, that happened a number of times throughout the night, but there was just, it was just sort of mini brain freezes, and also many were those strange expressions that she has had during her uh, uh, partial seizures, um, whatever it is, the underlying uh, conditions that she has, and and, uh, there were were flashes of that where like her eyes looked rather strange and her mouth had a kind of strange expression, but I will give it to her. There were just flashes. You know, I made a tweet yesterday. I wrote a tweet that said, you know, it was, there were all these issues about what, who was inviting whom to the debate. And um, I tweeted something like, uh, I hope Hillary has invited top doctors because um, the stress may cause her symptoms to manifest. And then I wrote um, uh, seizures, brain freeze, uh, falls, uh, fainting, etc. So, so she, you know, I don't, I don't know. I would imagine there were doctors in the house, but um, she didn't need them, and she was very poised for the most part, and so on. But again, to go back to what I was saying at the beginning, 
she said there was no content. There was no there there. There was no plan there. There was no, um, it was really, basically what she was saying was how she was going to, why everything that she's done in the past is great and why she should then continue it. When you, but when, and, and Donald Trump, yes, he did get a little, you know, he was kind of getting towards the edge of being, he didn't have one of his, you know, big explosions, but he, towards the end, he was um, getting a little defensive. But, um, but regard, so, okay, so it's in terms of debating, you know, um, notes, um, grades, for who is the better debater, um, Hillary would probably win with that. But as far as who's going to be the best president, who has the new and best ideas and soundest ideas for this country to bring this country out of where it is, I think Trump hands down is the winner. You know, uh, I was saying before, and as you know from listening to past shows, um, my biggest concern as far as the future of this country um, is terrorism, is who is going to keep this country safest from terrorism. And um, I think that there is no doubt. I mean, Hillary, you know, there's that whole thing about, um, the, and Trump uh, mentioned this, and there was another thing. <laughs> I mean, I guess she wouldn't have called him, she could have called him Mr. Trump. Um, she, from the beginning, she called him Donald. And, oh, that was, that's a debating trick. Um, and I'm sure she had people telling her to do that, you know, Eventually, he did call her Hillary at times, but he most of the time, or starting out at least, um, he called her with her title, and um, you know, showing more respect. Uh, you know, when you when you calling him Donald was really kind of inappropriate. Um, I, I don't remember in the uh, debates with Mitt Romney. I don't really remember, but I, I don't remember them calling uh, Barack Barack. <laughs> um, so I don't know, but anyhow, um, that it, it was really you could and you could see the way she did it. I mean, it was really it was a planned kind of thing to try to uh, disconcert him. I mean, that's what she the whole the whole aim of her um, her debate, you know, her her plan for the debate, and I'm sure what her the people who she consulted, her advisors told her would be, of course, to do say what you can to to um, get. Donald Trump on the defensive to make him come out with some kind of um, outburst, which he never really did. He really did keep it keep it presidential. Um, as I said, he was getting a little irritated towards the end, but of course, there's also another reason for that. But so, okay, so she she that's what she was doing, and that's what you know. And even her smiles, her inappropriate smiles, um, <clears throat> were meant to be disconcerting to him. But he didn't let it get to him, not enough to, not as much as people expected it to. And of course, another aspect of this, and, and this was really wrong, um, the moderator, and this is written about, I'm sure if you've been reading uh, the internet today or listening to the radio or watching television, you know, this has kind of been all over too, that the moderator was really um, biased towards Hillary because he was asking hard questions towards Donald. <laughs> yes, okay, Donald Trump. Um, and, and he let Hillary get away with murder. Like, you know, um, Trump mentioned the emails. He, mentioned, he only mentioned that once, which I thought was pretty amazing. You know, he was using a lot of restraint. Um, and, of course, now there's, there's, um, there are reports that he's saying that in the next debate he's not going to be using as much restraint. Um, because there were really places, I mean, he was trying, and I think this was his plan, and it was a good plan. He was trying to get across to the people his plans, you know, what he would actually do, what his, how he would, how, what he would do as president. And I think he did a great job um, of that. Of course, there were more, you know, with more time, he would uh, explain these things more. But, and, you know, presumably in the next debates, but he, he did get that across that he, you know, because that was what Hillary's camp has been saying. Oh, he doesn't have a plan. He doesn't know what he's going to do. Um, you know, so that was one thing that he did manage to do in this, in this first debate, at least to get some of his plans and to show that he had very, um, very definitive plans. And, you know, the whole thing about um, trade, for example. I mean, yeah, like, duh, you know, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not an economist. 
I loved it when Hillary was saying that she's had her plan and his plan looked at by people, and all the economists uh, that she had it looked at by said that her plan was better. Really? <laughs> Is she going to say that, that economists who looked at the two plans thought his plan was better? Oh, come on. You know, who were these economists? Um, I mean, obviously, people that her campaign um, uh, spoke with, you know, consulted with. So, I mean, come on, that was kind of absurd. But his plan about getting jobs and companies back into the United States is like a a no-brainer. Of course that's what we should be doing. And he explained how that would make more more jobs, how it would bring more money, um, because, because if we taxed, the um, products, American businesses are fleeing this country like crazy. They have been for years. And all, you know, under Obama's reign, more and more countries have, companies have left this country to go to companies where, countries where it's cheaper, you know, where the labor is cheaper and so on, like China and Mexico. And, uh, and they don't have any penalties for that. And so Trump was talking about bringing these jobs back and making, and making the companies, that was one of the things he was asked, how would you make these companies come back? Well, if you tax the goods that are made outside of America, um, then there wouldn't be an advantage to the companies going outside of America to have them made. I mean, you know, and I'm sure there are other ways too, but that seems like a pretty good way to me. Um, and that, I mean, imagine that. It is, it is, and, and these towns, you know, he's been traveling all over, and, um, and you, you probably have seen in news reports all these towns that have been decimated by companies that have left and, and left, you know, the companies that employed the people in the towns, and now they're gone. And, and so are the jobs, and so is the money um, that we would be getting. Yeah, he should mention this, too, that if these jobs were brought back, Obviously, the taxes um, would be brought in, you know, the, the income taxes would be brought back in as well by people who now have jobs and can now pay income tax. So, I mean, you know, these are really, um, really good points, and she didn't really have any answers to what, what, what would she do. She would keep on trucking the way she's been trucking in the past, and, and our country is, is, is bleeding. We owe so more and more and more each year. We're in a very vulnerable position. And so, um, so that's just one, that was, you know, the first thing that they talked about. And that was, that's one example of some concrete plans. Um, so, you know, the moderator really, really did um, at, hit Trump with all these tough questions. Um, let, it seemed to me, I mean, I didn't have a stopwatch there. But it seemed to me that Hillary was going on and on, especially, I remember, I noticed it from her first answer. I mean, granted, she was talking very slowly, so maybe it just seemed like it was going on and on. But um, it seemed to me like she was getting more than her two minutes worth every time that each candidate was supposed to only speak for two minutes. So, um, well... <laughs> So I guess I, I, I have lots of things to, if, if, by the way, if any of you want to challenge what I'm saying, do call in. Um, you will hear the, the call in line when we go to break. And, um, and I'm, happy to, I'm happy to debate this with you. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787, and ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. 
And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. We're talking today, (laughs) running from madness. The madness um, that I guess everybody would like to run from is the madness of the elections, since we're... A lot of people are suffering election fatigue and a lot of friendships. You know, I'm, I'm, um, I know some of you who are listening to this feel very strongly um, the opposite way that I have just been spouting out about. Um, and I do invite you to call in. That would be interesting. Again, the number is 866-472-5788. Um, the next topic that they went into... Um, in the b- debate last night, was um, talking about race relations. And that kind of didn't really... I mean, it, again, Hillary said nothing. Um, I mean, she had nice... You know, she has... She spoke uh, nicely. I mean, she had nice words. <laughs> but um, but not really any plans or any... And, and then uh, she was talking about... Um, I mean, she was just saying that that people, that the police and and people in the um, minority communities should get along. And, of course, uh, Trump agreed with that. I mean, what's not to agree with? Um, But she didn't really have, she didn't offer anything for how that was going to happen better than it's been happening before. Um, You know, again, she kind of, uh, she she quoted something, I don't even remember what it was now, but it it was also something where it was, trying to rest on past laurels, and there were no laurels to rest on. We're in a mess. Race relations are horrible. They're worse than they've been in a very long time, which is kind of ironic considering that we have uh, a black president. But, um, and, and Trump was talking about, um, well, he, he was talking about a certain policy that they had in New York, and there's a question of whether it's, constitutional or not constitutional. They were talking about guns. Of course, Hillary wants to remove. She's, you know, sort of against the Second Amendment. Um, but but they, they did, I don't know, they, they didn't really get into uh, that. That was kind of, a, kind of a very blurry sort of segment. And then in the end, then they got into, or they were starting to get into uh, um, foreign relations and terrorists and all that. And you know, um, first of all, it is true what Trump says. I mean, nobody can dispute this. It is true that um, that in terms of terrorism, we are in worse shape today than than ever. We are under more threat today than ever, and um, the policies or lack thereof of Obama and Hillary um, have gotten us deeper and deeper into this mess, and. Um, you know, the idea Trump was bringing out how, um, you know, of course there's about, well, you know, he, there, Hillary tried to say that he was for going into Iraq and he was saying he has proof that he wasn't for it. Um, but anyhow, um, but, but he did talk about how they, when, when um, Obama pulled out the troops, that it left a gap. And it left a, um, a void that ISIS has filled, and that there wasn't this kind of threat, this degree um, of threat, as there before. Before Hillary was Secretary of State, before Obama was President. I mean, you, there's no way to dispute that. 
So, and what I loved was he pointed out how, I mean, Hillary kept saying, look at her website, look at her, <laughs> she reminded me of like someone who uh, wrote, oh, and she, <laughs> I was going to say, she reminded me of someone who wrote a book and they're doing an interview and they say, um, well, it's in my book, it's in my book. That's so annoying. Um, but anyway, um, it, she was say, doing the same thing. Go to my website. It's on my website. It's like, Hillary, we're here at a live debate. Don't tell people to go to your website. You're supposed to be telling us right here and now. Um, but uh, Trump made a good point uh, that if she, you know, to the extent that she has her plans to beat ISIS, you know, and he was saying she hasn't beat him for, for 30 years, you know, for all the years that she had some political influence, uh, certainly in, in these last years, she hasn't done anything to beat them then. What is she going to do now to beat them? And, she, and that's when she was saying, well, go to my website. And he made the point, well, I don't think it's a good idea to um, uh, put your plans on your website. Uh, and he didn't want to um, voice, you know, she was, of course, it's so easy to, to say that he doesn't have a plan. But he is saying that he doesn't want to give out all um, his secrets, you know, all these these strategies for how he's going to beat ISIS um, when ISIS is reading the Internet, listening to the debates. I, I mean, and that is absolutely true. The, the proof of the pudding is in the eating, and there's been no eating, no good eating, as far as what Hillary's been doing over all these years. So, you know, that's a good point, and I wonder if, um, you know, if ISIS is having a great time reading her website um, today. So what else did they talk about? Um, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's what, what, oh, I do want to talk about this a little bit. I, I'm going to have somebody on the show in the future. I would, li- I would like to um, have someone who can talk about this, so I'm going to just touch on it now. But there is this very, I mean, this, this is a big risk um, to our country in general, uh, bigger than if one or the other president uh, clearly got in. But there is, I mean, if there wasn't a question about the elections, there is, with all of the hacking that's been going on, including the hacking um, of the Democratic National Convention, um, the emails of the emails, um, there is really a big, you know, there have been some people talking about this already a little bit, and hopefully it's going to be, there are going to be louder voices as it gets closer to the November elections. But um, it's really scary to think um, that that the election can so easily be rigged. Uh, I saw somebody on, on a television news show the other day demonstrating he was a, he was kind of a, a genius computer guy, <laughs> a, t- a genius tech guy, and he was showing um, how how it is possible to hack into rig the elections. I mean, he wasn't giving you <laughs> he didn't he didn't tell you the steps one through ten, um, but he was kind of explaining in broad enough terms that the viewer uh, couldn't hopefully do it at home. But um, but that is something that uh, you know counting chads years back was one thing, but with in- the internet, with with polling some of the polling, a lot of the polling places using internet, this could be a real issue. And um, and so I, I'm going to try to have somebody on on a future show who is a lot more knowledgeable about this. I I have actually had someone on some years ago. Um, about this, I guess probably for the last presidential election, um, and back, even back then, there were holes, loopholes, where um, the results could be questionable. And um, so, certainly, you know, all these years later, with the advances in people's hacking skills, um, it is more of an issue. So, I'm just going to kind of leave you with that thought. Um, but what else did they talk about, or what else? Um, you know, the, this idea of... <laughs> I kind of was disappointed that Trump didn't bring Jennifer Flowers to the debate. Maybe he'll do it the next time, because um, Hillary brought... I mean, she really did. She threatened that she would, and she did, uh, I think, 
bring Mark Cuban there. I mean, there was, there was reporting to that uh, effect. And uh, he and Trump have had um, contentious battles in the past. And so she, again, she, she did this to try to destabilize him and try to get him to erupt um, into craziness, which, again, he didn't do. Um, yes, he was getting a little testy towards the end, but with good reason, especially after the moderator, as I was starting to say, was, was saving the hard, had hard questions for Trump, um, gave Hillary more time, gave her, didn't give her hard questions. Um, I think there might have been one thing that he followed up on. There were all these follow-up questions for Trump. And so, I mean, surely people could see, or should, I hope people could see, that there was a bias there. I mean, the whole issue of, yes, I was saying at the very beginning of the show about how um, the public distrusts uh, both of the candidates, but um, especially Hillary, because, because of this whole email scandal. The problem is that we've been hearing about emails and emails and emails, and even though, I mean, some of them are more, the, the, the more recent ones have been even more unbelievable than the past ones, but... Um, I mean, there was a thing recently about how Obama uh, used a, a, a um, phony name so that when he was communicating with Hillary in the emails, and so clearly he knew that she had these emails on an unsecured server. Um, there, have been, there are also emails between her um, top aides that uh, reflect things like about her health, how she's so tired, and and she's asleep already, and um, different and, and worse things than that. Um, and yet, because we've kind of gotten so used to, to and so sick of hearing about emails, we're not really paying attention to that anymore. And that's kind of a shame. Um, of course, the other thing, and, and boy, Trump really used restraint on this. You know, he said uh, sort of towards the end that there were things that he could bring up or could have brought up um, but he he decided not to. You know, he was trying to be like a gentleman about it. And I guess that these things were, one, about her health, and two, about um, Bill's mistresses and her just standing by her man. Now, I don't know, I don't know how far um, the mistresses would go, although certainly putting Jennifer Flowers in the front row, as he had written in a tweet that he would do, and there were reports that she had said yes, that she would come, um, so it's kind of unfortunate that they changed that. But maybe they'll maybe they'll rethink that for the second debate because it's the same. I mean, all is fair. She purposely put Mark Cuban, who had no, you know, no political. I mean, well, I'm sure he's. In, there was there was no real. You could invite who you wanted, and there was no real um, reason other than putting him in the front row to try to. Um, drive, <laughs> drive Trump crazy, um, and so I, I hope that all. I wrote that my all spare. Um, I wrote a, tr- a, a tweet about Jennifer Flowers. You know that. What did I write? Um, that. Um, oh, I, I wrote something like Trump is more savvy than you think, or than people realize. Um, if Jennifer Sa- if Jennifer Flowers um, sits in the front row or comes to the debate. Um, uh, something like that. That's a good idea if she comes. Um, and then I wrote all spare. Oh, because, you know, referring to, of course, Hillary having Mark Cuban there. I mean, you know, it's unfortunate to have to stoop to these things for either one of them, but Hillary did it first. And again, everything in her, her whole debate um, was programmed, was planned to try to get... Uh, Donald Trump to come out with some kind of crazy remark. And um, rather than, you know, for all the preparation that we're told that she's done, um, there, she, there was no, not, real, not really anything substantive that came out of her mouth. So where were those preparations? Where, you know, why didn't she prepare, other than telling us to go to her website, why didn't she prepare with real plans on what she was going to do with each of these things? Um, it was really, it was, it was really, um, really unfortunate. And, um, now of course there's this, I don't know, there was something in the news about, about whether Trump is going to go to future, 
uh, debates. I mean, I certainly hope that he does, and I certainly... Oh, oh, I know what I wanted to say about how he, you know, he... It was supposed to be, the story was that he wasn't preparing. Now, I don't know if he prepared or not. I would imagine he prepared some, probably not as much as Hillary, but... Um, but, you know, he, he knew what he wanted to say, and he knows what he wants to do. He knows what his plans are. But, um, but I, I thought he came out with a great line when Hillary, oh, this was so amazing. Hillary was saying uh, about, she was trying, though, the birther issue. Oh, God, the, the moderator kept going on and on and on about the birther issue. Uh, first of all, <laughs> I must tell you, I am not convinced that I don't care, and I'm kind of disappointed that Trump um, went back on it and has agreed that um, Obama was born in, Amer- in the United States because I'm still not convinced. And I, I don't think he made it clear enough that, um, that I don't think Trump made it clear enough that um, he was referring to how it came from Hillary's campaign. And that is the truth. I mean, there are news stories about this, how Hillary, when Hillary was running for president against Obama, it was Hillary's campaign people who came up with this idea to try to show that Obama was not born in the United States. And things came out about that. It wasn't Trump who started this whole birther issue. He, he was, certainly questioned it, but it originally came from Hillary. And I, I don't think that was one part that I was... I, I don't think Trump... He was kind of assuming that people knew more about it than I think a lot of people do know um, so he didn't really clarify that enough. But the moderator wouldn't let it go. Like, there really aren't more important things to talk about with this country going down the tubes than the birther issue. I mean, at this point, you know, Obama isn't going to be president for much longer. And, um, and we've seen his policies, which have made America more vulnerable to terrorists. So that kind of speaks for itself. <clears throat> regardless of where he was born, there was certainly no question as to where he was educated. Uh, well, there actually there are questions in terms of Harvard not leaving, not letting his educational records come out. Those were, you know, there's stuff that's fishy about that. But I mean, where he was educated in terms of um, uh, being educated um, in uh, madrasas and all of that. So, well, it's time to take another break. <laughs> Obviously, I can go on talking about this forever. I do have a lot of strong feelings about it. I, I hope that, that, um, that you'll rethink, if, you, if you're totally in, in disagreement with me, I hope that you will rethink what you heard last night in the debate and, and think about this idea of substance versus form. Um, we need to take another break, and we'll be right back. I'm Dr. Carol, your um, psychiatrist host. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and we'll be right back. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Um, 
you know, today's show was running from madness, and um, you, perhaps you're thinking that, uh, that, uh, that you haven't run away from it listening to the show, but um, I obviously feel really strongly about what I heard, and of course I really feel really strongly, and I hope you do too, about the future of this country. I think uh, the problem is I think a lot of us walk around with our head in the sand, both in terms of denying the danger of terrorism, the denying um, the vulnerability of our country being such a dater nation, and so on. But um, let me go back to what I was talking about before um, the break. I was talking about how um, Hillary was praising Obama. There was a part in the debate last night where um, oh, it was like a, I don't know, a 30-second commercial for Obama, and she had this expression on her face like, oh, it was like she was talking about a guy in high school she had a crush on. It was ridiculous. Um, she smiled. She looked up. She was like, oh, all that was missing was, um, you know, her hugging herself. It was, it was ridiculous. Um, so she was praising and praising Obama, and, um, and Trump said... Um, you know, uh, you're saying this now, but I watched your debates with Obama and you weren't that respectful and, uh, praise, praising him that much during your debates with him. You had a lot of disrespectful things to say. I'm paraphrasing. This is not exactly his words, but that's the gist of it. And so it was really interesting, first of all, for him to come out and admit that he had done some preparation, and second of all, um, that yes, indeed, when uh, Hillary was going up against uh, Obama, um, of course she had lots of scathing things to say about him. And now all of a sudden, you know, Hillary's problem was that she and Obama made a deal when they were both running, and um, Obama um, called her in, and he obviously made a deal that he would make her Secretary of State if she would drop out of the race. And she did that, and that was her mistake, because at that time, she was in better physical shape. Um, she might well have won. You know, her chances were a lot better than they are today, and we would have had less years of Obama. So that was an unfortunate decision, and it's kind of biting her uh, in the butt today. But, you know, that's not our problem. Our problem is who is going to be best for this country. So um, getting back to the original title of this show, Running from Madness, I do want to talk about how in in another aspect of madness, I mean, you know, um, this is, there's madness in the outside world. Um, You know, the, uh, in fact, uh, in my, in my um, description of the show, I, I wrote, we'd all like to run from the madness of the world we live in, from the elections to terrorism, economic woes, and people turning, to in- uh, people turning increasingly mean and out for themselves. And um, I was talking about how my guest for today was going to be talking about her, the inner madness that she had, the uh, mental illness that she had, um, that she was running from. But... Um, and that caused her to do, um, you know, do things in a manic state that she wouldn't have otherwise done because, because she was not properly diagnosed and she was given the wrong medication. Um, and so I want to talk about madness from another aspect. There's the outside madness that we're all subjected to, you know, going out into the world, and if we don't even have to go out, it's on our televisions and radios and, and our computers. And, um, and it's hard to tune that out, and we can't totally tune it out because, I was, as I was saying, you know, the answer isn't really to be in denial about how serious these issues are. The answer is to try to be a part of the solution by joining whatever political party you believe has the solution, by being involved in volunteer work um, and helping a, a cause that you feel most passionate about, and so on. Um, but there's also an inner madness, mental illness, mental illnesses of all types, um, that people are experiencing in, in increasing outrageous numbers. And, you know, the, 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 one of the statistics 
um, that you've probably heard uh, and that I just heard again the other day is about how there are 20 vets who commit suicide every day. 20 vets. They've been, they've been, they've, they've served their country. Uh, they've been in dangerous situations. Um, not all of them have been on the front lines, but, you know, they've, they've all risked their lives when they signed up. And, um, and they are ending up killing themselves 20 a day. Now, you know, that highlights, um, actually, the reason why it was in the news, I think it was yesterday, the reason why it was in the news was because they were talking about a, um, a helpline, a hotline for vets that um, obviously isn't doing its job, <laughs> um, and where the top people at this hotline were only answering like five calls a day, and they were filtering the calls down to people who had much less education or qualifications. And obviously, um, you know, we're, we're, not, we're, we're, doing, um, we're, not, we're not doing a good job and not as good a job as the people who had more education, who were trained as... Um, uh, now, I don't know what these people in this particular hotline were trained in, but obviously, uh, if someone is a psychiatrist or a psychologist... Uh, they would be a lot better trained than someone who's a volunteer at a helpline. That isn't to say, <laughs> I don't want to discourage any of you from volunteering at helplines, but when it's something, you know, as serious as someone who is thinking of committing suicide, and particularly someone who is in a class that um, we know has a high risk of suicide, like vets, there should be people who are uh, sufficiently trained to handle these calls. And, um, and it's not just that. It's not just the hotline that's the problem. I mean, I presume that you've heard about all the, the VAs, Veteran Administration Hospitals, uh, all over America um, that are overcrowded and that have had these phony um, wait lists. I mean, they've put people on wait lists instead of uh, get, giving them, I mean, some of them were phony, but some of them were real wait lists in the sense that there weren't enough um, people to treat the veterans. And... Um, They didn't give them, whether they were phony or real, the veterans didn't get help uh, for ages and and for many of them not in time to prevent them either from committing suicide or prevent them from their disorder, their disease, their injury, from getting worse. And this is just, this is just, um, it's literally unbelievable. I mean, we should all be ashamed and we should be doing something about it. And, you know, to, to go to the, to the private sector or to the, you know, people who aren't vets, to the public, I guess, the public sector, but I mean, people who, who just have problems from garden variety anxiety to garden variety depression to more serious problems like manic, manic depressive illness or schizophrenia, or there are, you know, there's a whole, um, <laughs> there's a whole list of, of different kinds of, um, mental illnesses, psychological problems, whatever you would like to call it. And um, even if you're not a vet, the uh, opportunities for getting proper mental health care is, uh, has shrunk, largely because insurance companies don't want to pay for proper care, which has t- turned psychiatrists into pill pushers. So many psychiatrists these days, in order to be able to support themselves, um, have become, in fact, most of, I, I, most of the psychiatrists, like 99% of the psychiatrists I meet um, have turned themselves into pill pushers are because insurance companies won't pay more than a 20 or 30 minute me, so-called med visit um, once a month or once every two or three months. And in the meantime, patients are falling through the cracks, committing suicide, hurting other people, um, just staying miserable, um, because there aren't enough people, because there is, they're not getting therapy. At best, they're getting medications in these 20-minute med visits. And now, if you give a person a, a prescription um, for a, a medication, that is not going to cure whatever mental illness, whatever psychological problem they have, uh, and if they need a medication to begin with, a medication is not going to cure them. Um, everybody who has any kind of psychological problem needs therapy. I uh, refuse to do med visits. 
I will only see patients who come to me once a week for therapy, for psychotherapy, and we talk about all of their issues. And yes, can we start with childhood? Or well, we start with if they have a, are having a crisis, we start with that. But it all always relates back to childhood. Whatever the problems are that you're having today, relate back to your childhood. And so by having therapy sessions, 45, 50-minute therapy sessions each week, in addition to medication, if the, the person, the patient needs medication, of course I prescribe that as well, but it's the therapy that gets to the bottom line issues, the root causes of their unhappiness and their, you know, whatever the problems are. Um, so, so, you know, it's, it's the... Aside from the madness that's happening in the world, there is madness going on um, inside of many of us, um, and you know part of, part of the part of it is from the madness that's happening in the world. In other words, people who have had um, happy, successful lives can't help but be bothered to, by some extent, to some extent, by the madness that's happening in the world. I mean, we have people going, um, not going to sleep, not being able to sleep well. Even if they don't have some kind of major mental disorder, so much, so many people in America, it's, it's, a, it's an epidemic of people not being able to, to go to sleep to, or to stay asleep, and, uh, which is, of course, causing people to not be as productive the next day. So it's all, it's all sort of a vicious cycle. Um, the outside madness co- uh, contributing to the inside madness, the inside madness contributing to the outside madness, and, of course, the best example of that is the terrorist, um, you know, whose inside madness is contributing to the terrorist attacks or causing the terrorist attacks or causing them to follow leaders who are provoking them to commit terrorist attacks, whether that's terrorists in the, from the Middle East or terrorists, domestic terrorists who are being uh, taught by um, radical Islamist terrorists. Well, okay, I'm sorry that <laughs> I know this probably wasn't... Um, wasn't it calming, wasn't uh, helping any kind of uh, madness that you might have felt inside for, for, for the hour, but I hope as you digest what I've been saying, I hope you can take something from it that um, causes you to take some action, whether it's voting in a certain way or whether it's doing something in your own community to try to um, solve the madness there or whether it's trying harder to find a therapist who will also give you therapy and not just look for medication. Well, thank you for listening. You've been listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Thank you for joining us on Dr. Carol's Couch. Join us next week at 1 p.m. Pacific time for another installment of Dr. Carol's Couch. We'll save you a seat. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network its staff and management.